Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The Hallie Casser Jane Show Talk Radio for Fine Minds airs Wednesdays, 3 p.m. Eastern, and is always available for your listening pleasure at HallieCasserJane.com. And thank you so much for joining me. I am Hallie Caster Jane. Today on the Hallie Caster Jane Show, are you overwhelmed, bored, frustrated, stuck? Today, the Hallie Caster Jane Show Talk Radio for Fine Minds explores the lives of four women who, approaching midlife, found themselves in a state of stuck. Their journeys to get unstuck are at once humor-filled, honest, insightful, and gut-wrenching. The personal journeys, the subject of their rousing book, The 52 Weeks, Two Women in Their Quest to Get Unstuck. But before we begin, a brief message from one of our sponsors. You are listening to The Hallie Caster Jane Show, talk radio for fine minds. The Hallie Caster Jane Show is always available online at HallieCasterJane.com. Today, the Hallie Caster Jane Show is brought to you by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken audio information and entertainment. Listen to audiobooks whenever and wherever you want. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. With over 150,000 titles in virtually every genre, you'll find what you're looking for. Get a free audiobook and a 30-day trial today by signing up at www.audibletrial.com forward slash the Hallie Caster Jane Show. Is someone you love living with frequent pain? Are they spending more time just sitting in a chair or lying in bed or going to the ER more often? Other than taking them to the doctor, you may not know what else to do. Treasure Coast Hospice can help in more ways than you may realize. Even if you don't think your loved one is ready for hospice care, their experts can evaluate your loved one's condition and direct you to the right resources in our community. Call Treasure Coast Hospice to learn more or visit tchospice.org. Godwin began her career as a caseworker for a nonprofit refugee resettlement agency. After getting her master's degree in elementary education, she taught in New York City public schools as a classroom teacher and literacy specialist. She lives with her husband and children in New York City. 
Now she is the co-author of The 52 Weeks to Women and Their Quest to Get Unstuck with Stories and Ideas to Jumpstart Your Year of Discovery. I want to welcome to the Haley Caster Jane Show, Pam Godwin. Hi, Pam. How are you? Hi. Good. How are you? Oh, I'm hanging in there. Oh, it's such a pleasure. I love this book. I just think it was a great idea. So, Pam, let's start. Husband, children, good job. And then what? One day you wake up and you say, oh, my gosh, I'm stuck. Tell us about your revelation. Well, I don't think that it was one day. As Karen, my co-author, and I always say, we definitely had been mulling and brewing and and talking a lot about this for some time. But, you know, life had a way of – life has a way of – of, of getting in the way, and we just kind of kept going on and doing our thing and living and, and going to work and raising our family. But there was definitely something a little amiss, you know, and we were, we were definitely feeling a bit of inertia. And finally, um, the two of us kind of came to this realization together that, hey, something's got to give. And while we're generally lucky and, and happy and, and comfortable, there, there's definitely more, and it's time to sort of push push ourselves out of our comfort zone and get going again because we were feeling, you know, in this this definitely in this state of, for want of a better word, very stuck, you know, just feeling a little trapped. And that's, the word you used was inertia, and that's it. There's kind of like a, uh, it's just uh. kind of there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let me bring in that co-author you're talking about of the sure. show, Karen Anster Young. But before I do, let me tell you a little bit about Karen. She's a marketing and public relations veteran and has amassed many PR awards, including a spot on PR Week's 40 PR stars under 40. She's also a freelance writer, a wife, and a mother, and I want to welcome her to the Helicaster Jane Show, Karen Amster-Young. Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm great. All right. So let's do it. Same question, Karen. One day you suddenly realized I'm stuck or like your partner there in crime, Pam. It kind of was a slow come on and awareness. Um, yes, like, I guess I would agree with Pam, but we have good friends. So we, we were feeling, uh, we both were feeling that way, and we happened to be good friends. So we were out together and, you know, having cocktails one evening, and we were really almost tired of hearing ourselves, I guess, complain about living in this fantastic city. And for us, at least at that time, we felt like we weren't taking the time to go beyond our zip codes at times or you know, as Pam said, go beyond our comfort zone and trying new things. And we were very busy bringing our children around and not so much making time for fun for ourselves. Uh, and I think that's a big problem, particularly for women, that you just often don't take that time out unless very full or purpose-driven. And so, you know, we started talking about making sure we do that. And that's where we came up with the 52 Weeks try something new or different or something we were scared to do every week for a year. And that's well, kind of how I was born. This is how I, what I love. I love the fact that you were friends, and we'll discuss that later because I think that's important. But I, I want to ask you this. You're both in a little bit of discomfort, pain, right? But you shared it with one another. And I love the fact that you did that and that out of well, sharing I think, that. I think a lot of, I'm sorry. No, I think, no. I think girlfriends often do share those feelings. You know, I think that's what's great about friends and being able to commiserate together or, you know, celebrate together or, 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 you know, in some cases, you know, support each other in, in difficult times. We aren't even trying to uh, allude to this being, we were generally happy, and, and we want to make that clear. I think we both felt just a sense of restlessness at that time, and that's very different. People can get stuck at different times in their life for all different reasons, but we can get into that later. Right, sure. Okay, so you come up with the idea, what, you're sitting around having that martini we were talking about off air, and you said, whoa, wait a minute, this is a great idea. Why don't we, for 52 weeks, do? Talk to me about that. Why don't we go back to uh, Karen about that, or Pam about that. Tell me about that. 
that, Pam. Yeah, I mean, in all honesty, that that is pretty much how it happened. After we were done, you know, listening to ourselves complain, we finally did have a bit of a, an epiphany and said, well, let's really, let's do something about it. And I don't know if it was the two or three drinks or four that, that <laughs> brought us to this idea, but it did. And we, you know, we said, what are some things we want to do? You know, we're, we're bored. Let's not be, bo- you know, let's not be boring. Let, let's just try and work on some stuff and also have some fun. So we literally, you know, the next day we hit the ground running. And I remember very clearly that I made a list, Karen made a list, and then we had a joint list. Because some of the things, while we were partners in crime, in the big picture, our 52-week project really was somewhat, you know, independent of each other. We supported each other when we were there for each other, but I had certain needs and wants and likes and interests, and I'm a very different person than Karen is. So we each created our own sort of, you know, bucket list, if you will, and then we also had a combined list together of things that we wanted to do together. You know, full disclosure, there definitely there was not 52 items to start with. I think that I had about like 26 or 27, and probably Karen had about the same amount and then we had you know a master list of things we would do together and then from there we we hit the ground running we added things we took away things certain certain ideas were born out of some things that we tried because one thing does lead to another and that was really you know the the genesis of the whole 52 week project the initial project you know prior to to the book coming into play. And, and the blog. on a whole life of right. its own. Talk about the blog, Karen. Uh, the blog was, this is Karen, but the blog was uh, really about being accountable to one another, and I think that's so important. Anyone who starts, you know, running or a weight loss program, having someone to support you and check in, being able to check in with one another, even as we kind of tackled our respective 52-week uh, uh, list separately was so important and we can give you stories about that so that's really where the blog came in is we had our blog was really set up side by side so that each week you know our stories would be shown simultaneously <laughs> right Karen, this is pam karen had written a little bit i you know i'm i was a school teacher so the thought of writing was very very much out of my comfort zone but it was really once you know she and blogs were very much of the moment and we said hey you know why don't we try this and it was really a way of saying once we put this out there, we're, we're accountable for this, and it's a way of keeping track of things and for, and for following through and committing to something. So that was really how we started to, to write. We decided that we would write about it. But that in itself was... <laughs> Was a was a whole nother. That's a whole nother show. Well, you know what? Yeah, but, exactly. I love whole, yeah, but it's so much fun too because I have to tell you, you know, it takes courage to put to put your life out there like that mm-hmm. to the world. You don't know who the heck is going to read it or how they're going to interpret it or whatever. You know, was going to ha- amass in your own life as you begin those changes. I thought it was very uh, wonderful. I want to bring into the conversation Jennifer Gardner Trollson. Jennifer is the author of the memoir Where You Left Me, named best nonfiction of October 2011 by the readers of Elle, the story of losing her husband on 9-11. Jennifer has been featured on the Today Show in 2020 and has been published in Harper's Bazaar. She founded the Douglas B. Gardner Foundation, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping at-risk children in New York. She graduated from Tufts University and received a Juris Doctors from Harvard Law School, a mom, now remarried, and uh, she's been on quite a journey. So welcome to the Hallie Caster Jane Show. How are you? Thank you so much. It's great to be here. And so... <laughs> (laughs) It's been quite the journey for you. Jennifer, you're the poster child.
child from me for having it all. I mean, and then 9-11, give me a break. Um, and you picked yourself up, dusted yourself off, right? Started all over again with a new husband, exciting new life. Then what? Well, <clears throat> it wasn't quite a dust myself up and, and start over again. It was, it was a very long journey and almost a story of two stucks. The first, when I, when I lost him on that horrible day, I didn't just lose him, but we lost two members of our wedding party and all of our friends at once. <laughs> so it was truly a holocaust. For me personally and, you know, my children and where I was stuck then obviously was grief and it just ever, you know, ever darker and darker days and couldn't live in their graves forever because I had two kids to raise and children are a great motivator. So to eventually get unstuck from the sadness, even though the sadness would never leave me, I had to function in order to raise those kids. And what one of the things I did to unstuck myself, so to speak, is try to do one thing a day, just something new, almost like they're 52 weeks starting, you know, doing adventurous things. For me, my everyday new thing was go to the post office, do a dentist appointment, buy a vacuum cleaner until I could actually walk forward again. But then once we did get to the point, you know, years later where we rebuilt, we I got married again, the kids were happy, they were settled, life was you know, becoming normal again, and I had done rebuilding, I was once again stuck. I had had this wonderful career at one point that I gave up because of all of this, and I didn't know what to do with myself because since I was no longer rebuilding, what was it that I needed to do? And to move forward, I'd always wanted to write. I was an English major. I never really had a subject, but then I realized the 10 years from 9-11 to the 10-year anniversary was actually quite a story, my story, and a story was sort of like an albatross on my neck that I felt I needed to say and to tell for my kids so that they knew that their father was very important and mattered and that their new life also mattered and that it was okay to be happy. And I found that it was very healing to write this book because it connected with people across the country. It resonated with people who felt losses of their own in, in many ways. And it taught me that, you know, you can carry your past with you and live a present life, fully present life, and somehow joy finds you again. So the writing of the book propelled me forward, got me unstuck, and that brought so many great things, including hooking up with an old friend and who is now my partner, and we're working on a startup together. Mm, I just love the story. I, I want to revisit symptoms because many people discover they're stuck after they're already stuck. When maybe that if they had caught it sooner, they could have avoided some of the pitfalls of being stuck. What do you guys think about that? Talk to me, Pam. Um, you know, that's, that is a, a loaded question because I talked a little bit about inertia you often really don't know you're in the throes of something until you've you've hit your rock bottom, and then it's and then it's trying to move forward one little bit at a time, and then you realize that you weren't in this place. So I'm not quite sure I I, I um, get what you're asking. I guess what I'm asking in, is uh, let me let me clarify because I know I'm just like the rest of you. I've had my moments too, you know, where I'm stuck, and then I look back and I think, you know, if you had just paid a little closer attention, you wouldn't have gotten that far. And have to climb out of the abyss, if you will. There is that. What are your thoughts there? Is that do you think that's Hall, true? Hallie, this is Karen. I just want to jump in a little bit. I mean, Jennifer's story is unbelievable. You know, there's there's times in life that there are curveballs, like you oh, know, sure. monthly curveballs, yeah. and then there's you know a horrible tragedy and a devastating day where your whole life gets turned around. So 
I just want to clarify, you know, even for your listeners, that, you know, Pam and I were feeling this sense of restlessness, which is very different than, of course, having, you know, a health crisis, a tragedy. <laughs> and then there are times sure. that that will happen. You know, there are, that's why I just want to point out that these different levels of, of stuff, you know, there's such a... Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A huge range. Um, I think it's so important, you know, to, to take a look at where you are in life and to, you know, is it just because you're not trying new things and going to art classes and learning a new language and traveling versus how do you really get out of bed in the morning? So there's, there's a big range here, and I just wanted to point that out. You know, maybe I think open it's a it really, up for yeah. No, I think, yeah, great, great. I really like that. Uh, by the way, let me just say that you're listening to the Haley Caster Jane Show, Talk Radio for Fine Minds, always available online at HaleyCasterJane.com. And today we are talking to four very powerful women about something that we all can relate to, getting stuck here and there in one's life. So let me bring in Nadia Stieglitz into the conversation. Nadia Stieglitz was born in France and raised in the Alps. She lived in Paris and London before settling in New York with her husband and three daughters. She's worked as a creative director in publishing for 10 years, after which she became a business consultant. Over the course of her career, she's become attuned to the unique needs of women. And in 1998, after the birth of her third daughter, Stieglitz began organizing girls' activities with her friends to shake up an existence that she feared had become too serious and timid. And I want to welcome her to the Hallie Castor Jane Show. Hello. Hello, Nadia. How are you today? Hi, Hattie. Good. It's Thank nice you very to have much. you here. So, Nadia, what was it that got you to thinking that it was time to shake things up? Well, you know, at the time I was roughly in my early 30s and I had just delivered of my third daughter. And um, my husband was traveling a lot and I was working a lot. Uh, and at some point I started being kind of listening to you know, how I felt, and I think I was feeling a little bit isolated and slightly depressed, although not clinically, but I just felt down. And I think I just, I started looking uh, at my life, and I was realizing that there was very few leisure time or play time. And as a French native uh, living in New York City, I realized that, you know, in America, work is very much at the center of your whole existence. And um, and I think I was longing for the French lifestyle that I grew up with, where leisure time is you know is essential to you know your well-being. Uh, so since I was the only woman in my groups of friends who had kids, I started inviting friends, and uh, we started doing all sorts of activities such as cooking, uh, playing poker, all sorts of stuff. And and I realized that after these meetings, we or gatherings, we you know, I was much happier. So as soon as my husband started having a kind of change in his schedule, I I started organizing all these kind of what I call play dates outside the house. And these play dates became a little bit more creative and sometimes more daring. We, we did some trapeze, all sorts of activities. 
And again, what I what I saw is that among all my friends, we we were much happier. So then what after did you I call traveled, it? Mindset play? Did you, is that yeah, mindset play. <laughs> I love yeah, because you know, yeah, yeah, because actually that's something I could explain. Uh, it's you know, I always had that feeling that when my husband was away, you know, the I was mm-hmm. playing. So there was that expression in in France actually the the mice dance. But here it's playing. So I was always saying, oh, when, when the cat is away, the mice play. Um, you know, I thought it was mischievous. And I think it was a time also for myself where I, you know, I, I just wanted to do something that, you know, was that was not for everybody. Because I think as a mother, most of, you know, a lot of what you do is for is, you know, is nurturing and, and taking care of everybody else. But very often we just, you know, miss the person that's the most important. I think it's yourself. You know, Nadia was so inspiring. You know, when Pam and I were researching the book, every time we we were coming across her name very frequently about the importance of fun and the importance to take time to play. And that's why she was interviewed uh, for the book and and one of the experts who are, uh, you know, featured in the 52 weeks. And I think you know, every everything she was doing, Pam and I really wanted to do and just thought it sounded like her play dates for women were just like right on the money. You know, really, really the right way to go. I, I'm going to steal the idea. I think it's just a great idea. I mean, it's just a fabulous <laughs> idea. Karen, do you think getting stuck is strictly a woman's issue or do we tend to say it's a women's issue when really it's everybody's issue? No? Oh, I definitely think anyone could be stuck. As a matter of fact, you know, when the book first came out and we, Pam and I felt we were especially speaking to women in their 40s, but our publisher and our friends gave us a million examples and, and then reminded me, you can certainly get stuck in any decade of life and you could be a man or a woman. But I think women in particular really, really feel more guilt when they're just taking time to mm. play. And we're so used to, as Nadia was saying, you know, helping others, nurturing others, giving back in many cases to everyone but ourselves. Yes, you know, we might go to that exercise class or have a girl's lunch, but I'm talking about that. I'm talking about getting off the treadmill, so to speak, of your daily life and really broadening your horizons. And I felt like Pam and I found that it resonated with so many women and we're getting letters from women across country that are thanking us because we inspire them to kind of either take time for themselves or get going again or face a fear that they hadn't tackled previously. I think Can I make a thing? point? Sure. Who, who's, I was going right. to add in there, because you asked the question about men, because I do think men very much get stuck. I think men go into the world after college saying, I have to get a job, have a career, support a family, and they can kind of tunnel vision themselves that way and yes. forget that maybe they're not as fulfilled as life goes on, but feel that they're trapped in that place. And I think for mm-hmm. women... We forget that our life goes through cycles, that we have this, we may start out with a career, then we may jump off with children, and then when we start nurturing our families and nurturing the people around us, and I'm finding this now because my son is a junior in high school, we're looking at colleges, my job with him is almost done, you know, the day-to-day job. And if you don't look ahead at what your life will be, because it's a long life, and you have to keep in your mind that your life is going to go in a cycle and that there should be things to look forward to beyond just what we're doing now so that when the time comes that one part ends like being a you know a day-to-day parent you have interests or a career idea or something that fulfills you outside of what your role has been all this time you know and and you say that yeah and i want to bring this into that conversation too do we expect too much of life as women these days are are we the great expectation generation is that part of it how about you jennifer i think we do i think the fact that we were taught you know the years that we were raised we were taught that 
women could do anything. You know, we could be doctors and lawyers and firefighters mm-hmm. or whatever it is we wanted to be. We do have a great expectation for ourselves, and most women I know are perfectionists anyway and high achievers, and it's very hard when you can't do everything. Um, Karen, I, but I, I think, think I, I agree, Jennifer. This is Karen. I, I really agree, and I think in a way I've spoken to my mother a lot about this. You know, maybe we, we have so many choices, and that could be wonderful and freeing, and we should embrace all these cycles, whereas there was a, a little bit more of a sense of happiness from previous generations who fulfillment, I should say, because they kind of knew their role and they weren't being bombarded with all these, you know, choices. And there's a little bit of that. I'm far from an expert in it, but I'm just as a layman and and just from researching it with this book, we have found a little bit of that sense of women in our generation. Yeah. I just think we have to be careful not to lose ourselves. Like, whatever it is we're doing, we can't lose who we are because one day you'll wake up and everybody's out of the house and where are you there? Right, and, but I don't, this is Pam, and maybe I'm I'm a little bit of the more, a, a bit more old-fashioned. I'm not sure if, if it's that I'm placing so many expectations upon myself or women do, but I do think that it's important to keep moving forward, not because I have high expectations, although I do have high expectations for myself and, I, and, I, and I'm a mother of, of daughters, as well, but it's the importance to, for me, it's it's just keeping going. And when you get stuck, you lose a confidence, a daily confidence, not about high expectations, but just the confidence that that you, you know you are a strong, valid individual, and that doing these little things really does you know sort of get you back going. And, and that's what's important to to, to remember. Um, that, to that's a great forward. point. No, that's that you're a good right. point. And we do talk no. about that in the book as well, um, Hallie. You know, the, sometimes you do lose your mojo, but you also do lose your confidence, as Pam points out. So, so doing something seemingly small, and everybody seemingly small, you know, a checklist item, could, it differs, but doing that seemingly small thing gives you the confidence to do the next thing again. Oh, I absolutely. And, and we're going to put, yeah. you know, it's the simple for, yeah, Karen and I did, you know, some adrenaline-inducing inducing things, and, and Nadia's organization and, and what she's doing is, you know, is, is so incredible, all of the exciting and fun playtime that, that, that we often forget to do. But it really is also about very much the simple things. And as Jennifer pointed out as well, when she was, you know, in, in, the, in the depth of her, you know, stuckness 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was those little things that doing, going to the post office, going and buying milk, getting out, getting back out the door, those simple, simple steps that can get you moving again, that, that one thing will lead to another and that, that will, you know, will put you back on the road to, to, to moving forward. Um, you know, you and were, those I are the to... things. Yeah, I have to break up because something you just said I think is critical here. I think women are nesters by nature, and I think that's right, aren't we? Yeah. And I think that plays a big part about getting stuck, you know? Make the house the way you like it. It's your den. It's your cave. It's your whatever you want to call it. I think that does play a part in people not being able to get out, which is why I think sometimes the simplest things that you do wind up doing, and as you suggest in, in, in this wonderful book, are, are the answers to the problem because they're small, but they do get you out. I, I, want, I have two quick questions I want to get to before we go to break. Can I just do that? And then, and then we'll clean up before we go to break. So hold on to that thought, whoever that was who said, <laughs> okay. Um, all right. Nadia, I want to ask you, you were raised in Europe, and do you think American women have different expectations of life than European women? Or are we inherently less fun-loving 
and gammon than our European counterparts? What do you think? Oh, that's a loaded question. I know, but uh, I think there's, there's a reality. I've lived in both worlds, so that's why I feel, I feel I can well, ask that. Well, I would say there is definitely a difference, I think, uh, you know, coming from that French background, um, you know, where we have a lot of leisure time, and it's very, very much part of our life. And um, there is a lot of emphasis on vacation. We spend a lot of time on vacation. Uh, weekends are extremely important. And I feel that sometimes, especially maybe in New York, it's, uh, you know, money is important, you know, status is important, and, and you spend more time uh, working on that than on really... Uh, uh, taking advantage of, of your free time. So I would say, yes, there is a major difference, different expectations for sure. Yes, absolutely. Mm. And I think that's important. Um, I want to bring this subject up to change, because really what we're talking about here is change. Why is change so hard? Talk to me. One of you pick it up. I don't care who. Pam, you want to pick it up? Maybe that'll make it easier, and then we can go ask all of you. What do you think that is? Well, you know, comfort is comforting, and change is difficult because it's frightening. It's scary. The the, the known, the known is always easier than than the unknown, and so I think that that's fear drives a lot of of you know the the unwillingness to to change and and to to make changes. However, when you don't, you you know, you you find yourself in this in this state of of not moving forward, and then feeling you know it, it's this it's this uh, self fulfilling prophecy. Unfortunately, I can only speak for myself, but that you know that's where I'm coming from. That that change is a very you know it's it's just, the unknown is a very scary prospect. So, but once you you finally make that first step, you know, you find, I found for me that, that it just, it, it brings on so much more productivity and, and, and energy and, and, and a clarity that, that you don't have, but it's making that first little step. And that's why it's important, you know, it comes back to what we were saying earlier, having someone there with you, having, having a support system, because I found that I couldn't, I wasn't able to do a lot of these things alone if I didn't have the support system of someone else helping me through this and giving me a push and suggesting these these things to me. Maybe, maybe, one of the um, things, this, no, go ahead. This, this we, Jennifer. We, um, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No, go ahead, Jennifer. I, maybe we can look at, instead of saying the word change, which is so scary, talk about it as enhancement, right? Our right. lives are, we are who we are, and life around, like for me, you know, my life changed on a dime. That was an external change, but I found that my core personality is still the same, even though exactly. it's our focus. Mm-hmm. And to to make our lives meaningful as we move forward, men or women, whoever, Instead of looking at everything as a change, which is scary, look at it as, a, as trying to enhance, finding things that bring your core personality to the surface and really speak to that. So to, a wholesale change can be good, I suppose, but it is such a scary way to look at the world. And I think what Pam and Karen say so well in their book is that they're not asking you to just you know pick up and change your address and change your life, but add things to it that make it meaningful and then see where it goes from there. Right. Or well, take like things away. You know, we're we're big proponents of if something try something if it doesn't work, don't, you know, get rid of it. It it's all about what will propel you forward, not what will change you, which I guess is a better way of saying it, you know, what will make you keep moving forward. Okay, round 2. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch-ch-ch-chumba. Chumba.com. 
That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No rather than make you make you a different person. We're not looking to be to touch. We're looking to transform, you know, and 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 that's a great a great way of saying it to enhance, but not to, you know, not, not to become a different person. Because I think we all are inherently always the same people from beginning yeah, to end. but it's changing, Pam, like it's also changing your mindset. Like remember how I used to say, and I say in the book, you know, some of the enhancements or changes that I attempted to make, I had to change my mindset and not think of it as deprivation, which a lot of people that struggle with weight or taking a bad habit, they feel deprived if they don't have that item, that horrible thing, the horrible addiction or that extra piece of cake or whatever it is and you really have to change that mindset and it does take some work just to look at it as like you're doing something good for yourself as opposed to I'm deprived I can't I don't I can't do this anymore let me take over here because I'm looking at the clock and I have to go to break but before we go to break real quickly this is what I I wanted to say which is we have a we're the D all the above generation as well we're wives we're 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 moms we're artists we're writers we're we're house cleaners. We're, we take the kids to, you know, on the, I mean, is there anything that we don't do? We do that. We do it all. And time, therefore, becomes, in a sense, part of the problem in all of this, I think. And very, very quickly, let's just address that issue of time, which I think can get you stuck. And perfectionism, which one of you raised earlier, perfectionism and doing everything the way you're supposed to do it and being the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect that and the other thing and time. Karen, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that was Tam and I really, when we wrote this book, we realize you often don't start running because you don't want to run a marathon. I have that personality. It's like all or nothing. And I really had to change that as well. Whether you have 10 minutes, 10 hours, or 10 days for volunteering, for example. No, you don't have to volunteer 20 hours a week, whatever cause you're passionate about. There could be 10 minutes, you know, to send help an elderly neighbor. There's 10 hours to contribute to an organization that you're passionate about. But even in terms of the time for our 52-week project, sometimes we scheduling conflicts and we didn't have the time. So I really want to help people with this book and our message that it's a baby step forward. It's doing one little thing. It's crossing something off your list. And one thing leads to another. And you know, you can meet your potential employer in a dance class. You can meet your future spouse, you know, at a lecture. And and I think that was this ripple effect that Pam and I found that really was the most exciting and one of our aha moments because we both had this tendency to procrastinate if we really couldn't do it all or at least at least I could speak for myself, but Pam, I think you felt that way too. And yeah, I mean, that was, was the, right. There was all right, let me take over. Just, yeah, time, 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 and here is time. I've got to take a break here because guess what? I got to recognize my sponsors. So we're going to take that break uh, because we have to pay the bills. And when we come back, the cure for getting unstuck with the authors and contributors to the 52 weeks, the quest to get unstuck with stories and ideas to jumpstart your year of discovery. Trust me, you don't want to miss this. So stay with us. You're listening to the Helicaster Jane Show and talk radio for fine minds brought to you by audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at www.audibletrial.com forward slash the Helicaster Jane Show. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Is someone you love living with frequent pain? Are they spending more time just sitting in a chair or lying in bed or going to the ER more often? Other than taking them to the doctor, you may not know what else to do. 
Fresher Coast Hospice can help in more ways than you may realize. Even if you don't think your loved one is ready for hospice care, their experts can evaluate your loved one's condition and direct you to the right resources in our community. Call Treasure Coast Hospice to learn more or visit tchospice.org. Okay, and we are back, and you are listening to the Hallie Catcher Chain Show, Talk Radio for Fine Minds, and what a show we have for you today for powerful women who have each contributed to the fun, informative, and inspirational blueprint to help each of us get unstuck. The book, The 52 Weeks. Welcome back to the Hallie Caster Jane Show, Talk Radio for Fine Minds. Karen Amster, Young, Pam Godwin, Nadia Stieglitz, and Jennifer Gardner Trollson. Nice to have you all here. Okay, ladies, so let's get into the nitty-gritty of all of this. The 52 weeks is really about getting unstuck and getting unstuck by achieving small goals that give you a renewed sense of accomplishment and keep you growing, learning, and moving forward at any age. Okay, let's talk. Pam, where do we start? Step one. Well, I think step one is probably... <laughs> um, right, go out and have some drinks. Um, you know, be, write down what you, what you want to do. It, it's always helpful to have that down, or be accountable in some way. Um, find someone to do, to do it with, have support i believe is paramount don't feel guilty about taking a little time for yourself what else anything that you do has value even if it turns out that it's not something so great um and it's you know it's just doing something it's a it's the simple pleasures it's the baby steps that really make and it's make really you feel unstuck it's really not what about what you do it's really more that you're doing something i i said that all along it really was not so much what I did, people often ask me, you know, what was your favorite favorite 52, what was your least favorite, and in, in all honesty, it really wasn't about the specifics, it was anything that I did got me going and made me feel, you know, had a positive effect on me in some way, even if it was a real bust. I want to go back to perfectionism for a minute, because that is the bane of most women. I, I just, every woman I know struggles with that, you know, just being perfect at everything they do. And now here, this wonderful thing comes along that you guys give us an idea about how to get unstuck. And, you know, the, 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 um, you got to be careful that you don't get stuck in getting unstuck by getting stuck on the perfectionist part of it, that you can try something and fail at that uh, again. Karen, what do, you, do you have anything to say about that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, trust me, if you read our book, you'll know this is not about perfectionism. Um, <laughs> it's it certainly, uh, we had an almost laugh at ourselves sometimes, whether it was Pam trying to go on the tennis court with me or me going back to a yoga class after a panic attack at my first one 10 years earlier. Um, <laughs> you know, it's certainly very real and very candid about, you know, our individual and joint, you know, strengths, weaknesses, um, what we needed extra push to, to do that would for somebody else might might be an extremely simple, simple thing. You know, and then you you know, please I, I don't I think the book is fun and it hopefully it's helped a lot of people, but interviewing someone like Jennifer was so important to us also because you know, we're tongue in cheek and we had some fun with this book and our various activities, but there are these times in life where you should allow yourself to be in a box or in your comfort zone because you need to be you need to be not doing new things, and that's okay, too. So I just want to point that out. And someone like Nadia, who rediscovered the joy of play, which you probably experienced so much more in Europe, and Nadia, was it you who said that um, 
we have it in the book, but one of our fun experts, um, you know, children laugh an average of 300 or 400 times a day and adults only four. So, Hallie, that's another important point about taking time to play. Um, and so in terms of perfectionism, no, it's, it's really just, in fact, not for once, not trying to always achieve a goal, but to just carve out time for yourself in whatever way you need it. But, but I, I want to ask Nadia. Perfectionism, I'm right, sorry. Go ahead. Say who it is. I think perfectionism, though, is also the the place that gets you stuck. I mean, I'm sort of an example of that. As I was mm-hmm. feeling better and wanting to do things, because I'd been out of the workforce for so long and because I wasn't sure I was good in it to do anything anymore, when this idea of the book came up, I was petrified to do it because I didn't think I would know how. I've always mm-hmm. done things well, at least in my mind. I always felt I did things well. And fear of not being perfect at something, fear of not being able to do it, is what stops you Get dead on your stuff. tracks. <laughs> right? That, that's, a great point. that's also a great That's a great point, too. Yeah, definitely. So you have to take the leap and say, I might, you know, blow at this, but I'm going to give it a try anyway because <laughs> there you go. Because what the heck? What do you have to lose? <laughs> right. Really, right. And another, going you know, anywhere. I'm, I'm, I just want to add also, Hallie, that another big obstacle, especially for women, um, is the idea of guilt as well. You know, that guilt perfectionism plays mm. plays a role but but the guilt of of taking time for yourself or you know knowing that it that it's okay to do this because it will have a positive impact on somebody else ultimately you know if you feel better the next person feels better um is something that that we struggled with and i think that a lot of people worry about and struggle with as well especially women you know that that, that it's okay for for us to to do something for us you know, sometimes. Oh, well, that's well, key, I, I and that's, about, that's a really hard lesson for women to learn is that, hello, you know, we, there, is, there should be something for us. Uh, let me go to Nadja for one second because there is something. You, you don't strike me as a woman with a lot of inhibitions. Um, for, and for those, who, <laughs> Roger, for those who are and who struggle with that, and I think this is really a critical question, what's your advice to them? How do you get to that muscle that allows you to take the risk to start moving in, or to take that first step for going into something new? What, what's your advice for that? Because I think that stops a lot of people. Well, first of all, you have to know that, uh, you know, the research has shown that uh, that the more uh, time you spend doing different types of enjoyable activities, the, the better a person's health tends to be. So I'm not inventing it. something that's, you know, that was that research showed. So I think in a sense, you know, if uh, if we think about the, the guilt that you were talking about, and if I think, uh, first of all, I think guilt is something that society, I think, is, you know, that, um, how do you say that in English, imposes on women. It's something that, you know, that dates for a long time. And I think it kind of has to stop. And also, I think it's also guilt is also a way of women to um, get out of doing something that's essential. I think that we don't know what to do with leisure time, and I think it's very important that women know what to do. It's very easy to be in front of a television. Uh, actually, I think we we spend 13 years of our life in front of television instead of doing something that would be maybe more productive. But, you know, the kind of thing that I would tell women is... Um, as Pam and Karen mentioned, is to take things one step at a time. And what's essential for women is to reconnect themselves with their playful self. And how do you do it? It's by exploring different hobbies and activities. 
uh, you can start with a cooking class or, you know, simple things, you know. And also the other thing that I think playfulness got me unstuck. And, and playfulness is there every day. And I make sure that when I commute to New York, for example, that I'm going to focus my mind on the thing that makes me smile or the playful things along my road. So again, it doesn't have to be that complicated. You know, it's really yeah. switching your, your mind and and say, okay, what's what's fun? What's making me smile? You know, it's little steps. Uh, you know, I, I could talk forever about that subject, but um, what do you think, Karen? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I, they say fake it to you. Your brain cannot be sad if you're smiling. There's... um. Again, this is all based on our research. You know, if you smile, it's fake it till you make it. Um, it there's something to be said for that. It's, it's definitely true. It's, it's, you know, I'm a big fan of Gretchen Rubin, whose book, you know, she talks about the importance of something simple like making your bed every morning. So you have this inner, your outer order contributes to your inner order um, in terms of feeling more. I know it sounds silly. So there are these little things like not just saying about smiling more. I even wrote about in the book a one-week um, experiment in which I really did attempt to smile more and, and the effect that it has on people around me and myself. Um, yes. So it's all, it's all so critical. I definitely wrote about that, about my experience, about pasting a smile on my face, and I'm hoping that the insides would eventually catch up with the outsides. Exactly. I remember exactly. you telling me that story, Jennifer. And, it and they did, exactly. It? it? worked. Yeah. yeah, well, mm-hmm. it was exactly how I could raise my kids. I didn't want their friends to be afraid of us, afraid right. of me being dour, and I wanted my children to feel joy. And it is incredible. You know, they say time heals, which drove me crazy during that time because I didn't understand why I couldn't feel better sooner. Mm-hmm. But the smiling, the faking it. perfectionist in you. Well, that's who I am. I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a blessing and a curse. But at some point, the, the outer and the inner slowly it connect. slowly started to yeah, that old wake AA up. Line, yeah, the old AA line, yeah. fake it until you make it, and you'll get there eventually. Okay, right. now I want to play a game with you guys in a way. Um, you each did many different things, right, to uh, propel you into uh, getting unstuck. So I want to ask each of you very quickly here, um, I'm going to start with Nadja. What did you do that you think had the most impact on you and how? One thing. Um um i i set an alarm on my uh iphone at four o'clock because in france there is you know at four o'clock it's snack time it's goûter it's l'heure du goûter and i decided that it was going to be my uh downtime of the day so uh i had my alarm and sometimes i decide to just dance for two minutes on earth wind and fire or to watch a video to give a phone call to a friend but it's you know it's 10 minutes that i give to myself and actually my alarm is going to buzz very soon just to yes just it's a reminder you know you know it's four o'clock it's time to have fun i love that i love that what about you jennifer well, give us one thing you did the one thing i did to after several months of inertia and not being able to move i actually started to play sports I played I, the first time exercising. Instead of working with a trainer, I played basketball with with the, with someone at the gym because when I was playing ball, I couldn't think of anything else but chasing the yeah. ball. So it was a mini vacation for my life for an hour, okay. and that helped Can. me get a little that stuck. Helped. How about you, Karen? Hmm. Um, well, definitely my blueberry experiment, which is how I kick off the book, and it I, I was 
committed to eating blueberries every day. I know that sounds very silly, but they became kind of symbolic for me. Um, they kind of represented this elusive goal of eating healthier. Um, so I started the week, you know, and it, and it tried to be, you know, in a funny type way, just putting them on a, a cream cheese on a bagel and kind of doing a little blueberry design. And then by the end of the week, I was just kind of out the door an hour earlier to the gym with a handful of blueberries, you know, and a cereal bar in my hand. So it kind of represented, hopefully, to the reader and to myself that you can do, you know, self-discipline control, which is a, it's a big issue for me, and how it can perhaps lead to bigger goals and bigger um, successes. How about you, Pam? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would I would have to say probably writing the book. That this has has been you know truly something that kind of changed who I am. I I am I'm generally a private person. I also don't always follow through on things. I don't always you know complete a task. So this has been I don't love to do public speaking. Um, this has been the the thing that really has completely you know changed me and made me a just you know propelled me forward. Okay, Karen, do me a favor. Put your cell phone away from your uh, mouth when we're, when you're not speaking. We're getting, uh, they're telling me they're getting something coming off of that cell phone. Okay, listen to me. All these new adventures you each experienced, right, and you told us how you got unstuck. How did your change change your kids, your husbands, your business associates, your friends? Did it have an impact on them as much as it, if not at least a little bit on, your, on all, everybody around you? I mean, it, there's a ripple effect, isn't there? It was great. It was when we wrote when I wrote this. No, when I when the book came out, which was around the 10 year anniversary of 9/11, it was so helpful to my kids and our family to have had an impact on that day and let of having it just have an impact on us. And by telling the story, it's it's not like the story's over, but it it definitely puts certain things into perspective. And it was said once and didn't have to be said again. And I think it brought all of us, my husband now, our children, so much closer together and really gave us and those around us permission to keep moving forward. So I have to ask you also this. You can get yourself unstuck, but do you have to really remain vigilant so that you don't fall back into the patterns again? Absolutely. Uh, Definitely. Go ahead, Yes. Yeah, I think there are definitely stuck cycles and unstuck cycles, and and you have to be very careful, um, you know, uh, to to keep to keep that eye on what what little things you could be doing to to move forward and to to not get back in that place. But there are times, like I said before, that you should allow yourself to be stuck in every right to. But I'm using that word in that sense, you know. It, it's important. There are times it's important to kind of, you need your comfort zone. But yes, I think there are many times that you have to um, work hard at staying on stuff. And, and that's absolutely, I mean, you can, you, oh, there's, you'll always become complacent if you're not on top of it. And, you know, it's very important to just, to, to be mindful of that. Um, uh, and we're I, all working. Me, yeah. That, I was going to say that takes me to, to, to something that I think all of you can contribute to this when I when I throw this out there, and that is um, there's almost getting stuck is part and parcel of life. It's part of the adventure of life, and I think we all have to acknowledge that. It, and in a, in a sense, it's a rite of passage and maybe even something important to get to for the sake of renewal. And in that sense, uh, as I'm reading what you guys were writing, right, I'm thinking to myself, this is really a spiritual journey as much as it is anything, Mm-hmm. And in that sense, getting stuck is a gift. 
And maybe that's something we should all talk about. Anybody got anything on that? Did I get dead silence? (laughs) (laughs) It's profound. For women, women and it's profound. But but, uh, when I was reading it and thinking about it this week, that's what I was thinking, you know? Because if you don't get stuck, you have no reason to get unstuck and to open your life up to opportunity. It's spiritual. I think that's how we treat challenges, right? Any challenge that comes at us is is a learning experience. And a way well, I think we talk about, yeah, and we talk about the importance of reflection also, Hallie. I don't know if that's really what you meant. I'm sorry if I interrupted someone. I had a No, no, go ahead, Pam, please. Um, uh, no, it's Karen. But, um, oh, Karen, sorry. You know, I, that's okay. So I just thought, you know, that's why there is a chapter in there about reflection. Pam talks about, you know, just taking um, more walks. I mean, I know, and that's, Hallie, maybe what you're referring to is kind of taking time to regroup, restock, um, rejuvenate at times where you're not going out there and, you know, test driving sports cars and, and doing more of those other kind of activities that are also important in playing and having the adult play date. But, and that's okay. And giving yourself, that's all part of the process. Was this a journey you guys did alone or did you try to bring your husbands and your kids along and, and were they willing to try new things with you or was this really your journey? I'll let any of you pick that. Oh, wow, I like you that. Know, like, mm-hmm. Who said that? Mm-hmm. Initially, this is Pam. Initially, you know, Karen and I embarked on this, the two of us, without, you know, separate from our families. But as time kind of wore on, they they took an interest, they saw what we were doing, and also we were sort of, we were changing and feeling better about ourselves as well. So it, so it brought the whole family into it because any time I would do something and I would allow myself that opportunity to go and do and see and, and, and grow, it just made me that much better of a mom and of a wife and of, of an employee and an employer for the rest of the day. I felt so much more energized and productive. So they they saw the positive, you know, the positive impact and the positive benefits. And then, you know, and, and when we were writing the book, my my kids, you know, started to ask a lot of questions. You know, they they were definitely active participants, merely because Karen and I had to spend so much time together on the phone um, <laughs> discussing and arguing and figuring and out. And we were still talking. So, <laughs> right. <laughs> and I love that. Um, I just love that. That's so funny that the way that you uh, – now I've got a picture of how this whole thing came together, and I yeah. think it's great. Um, number one lesson learned about yourselves. I'm going to ask each of you quickly to give me um, in a nutshell. Karen? Hmm. Um <laughs> Number one, <laughs> number one lesson I learned that, you know, it's not always about doing, I think I said that, you know, I realized that I often avoided things if I couldn't do it 110% and I needed to change my mindset um, and, and think in terms of small baby steps and not, not beat myself up and also pat myself on the back more. I think that was extremely important lesson. How about you, Jennifer? I learned that um, life is good even uh, despite the evidence to the contrary, and that happiness is a choice. You have to choose oh, love to, to live and to move forward. I love it. Pam? Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Pam, I think you were the one always in, reminding I'm me. I'm such a work in progress, Phil. Um, but that's, a, that's something yeah. that you learned. Yeah, that absolutely. itself is a lesson. You yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're, you're willing to go. 
<laughs> I heard that, Pam. I heard that little thing going on there. How about you? Who did I miss? I missed Janet. Nadja, did I miss you? No. I think you were. Who, who what, didn't what answer did that? Did I know? Nadja. Yeah, oh Nadja. Uh, I, think, I think I realized that as I was uh, working on my subplay, I think I was inspiring other women to go on the journey of self-discovery and I think it made me feel good about myself that you know my own journey became other women's journey and when I saw how it impacted their lives and the lives of their family um, I'm thinking well this will be my legacy in this life you know I, I will have done something good so that's you know it's a good feeling. Bottom line, ladies, the, the best advice you would give to the millions of women and men who are out there listening to this, who are stuck, the bottom line, Pam? Um, the bottom line is that I guess, you know, it's, it's very important to remember that you, you can learn and you can grow at any age, at any stage, and just taking that small step makes, makes a huge difference. Um, what, what was the thing not, the guys on Moon said? One small step for whatever, one for mankind. That just went across my crazy mind. Yeah. <laughs> but so true, so true, so true. I wish I had a Hallie, Yes, Holly, I just want to say something. You know, I What's think that? when we talk about challenges or I think we have to take everything playfully. You know, if we think about, you know, challenges in a very daunting way, it's it's, you know, we kind of anticipate the things to be really hard, but actually everything can be done more playfully. You know, it's just, you know, so that's that's my thing. Find the fun in it all. Find the humor. Find the game. I think that's so true. Ladies, you have been just more fun. <laughs> I'll tell you, this has just been great. The book is The 52 Weeks. My guest for Dynamite, Dynamite Women, Karen Amster Young, Pam Godwin, Nadia Stieglitz, and Jennifer Gardner Trollson. For more information, visit the website at the52weeks.com. They're on Facebook under The 52 Weeks and on Twitter. I think it's the same handle, 52 Weeks or The 52 Weeks. I want to again thank you so much for being my guest on the Hallie Caster Jane Show. And ladies, you are proof that we offer talk radio for fine minds. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Before I go, I want to remind everyone that podcasts of current and past shows are always available to listen to free on iTunes under The Hallie Caster Jane Show. The Hallie Caster Jane Show is also available for download via Spreaker.com, Stitcher.com, BlogTalkRadio.com, and a host of other venues. All you have to do is Google The Hallie Caster Jane Show, and you will find us wherever it's easiest for you to listen. Uh, Of course, podcasts of our shows, both past and present, they are always available. They're posted for your listening pleasure 
Kasser at our website at HallieKasserJane.com, which I hope you will visit often for the latest information on our upcoming segments. And while you're at HallieKasserJane.com, don't forget to visit my blog to read my latest musings. I'll be back next week, same time, 3 p.m. Eastern, for another edition of the Hallie Caster Jane Show, Talk Radio for Fine Minds, brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free Audible download at www.audibletrial.com. The Hallie Caster Jane Show. Audible.com features over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, your Android, your Kindle, or your MP3 player. Stay in touch. Remember, that's HallieCasterJane.com. Discover us on Facebook at HallieCasterJane and on Twitter at HallieCJ. I love to hear from you. So, folks, till we meet again, this is Hallie Caster Jane. It's a wrap.